Hi, it's December 2nd. Uh, this is our very last lecture. Um, and I hope I get to post it soon because Canvas is um, on the back end is really acting up for me. Um, what I wanted to talk um, about for this last short lecture um, is about Henry Kissinger. You might have never heard about him. Um, that's largely because he was 100 years old when he died. So a large part of what he did, he did decades ago. Um, but he is in many ways sort of the example of the greatest example of what we call the realist school of American foreign policy. And by realist, we mean this is, and there's a problem in the terminology, but the realist school essentially puts American interests first, that the American foreign policy is designed to put American interests or perceived American interests first. Uh, and Kissinger was was that for sure. Um, he was the national security advisor for the U.S. from 1969 to 1973, and then he was Secretary of State from 1973 to 1977. So he was in public office for less than 10 years, and yet few statesmen still elicit the kind of reaction he did up until his death this week. So some people see Kissinger as a war criminal uh, who should be tried for war crimes, and others see him as a foreign policy guru who got the big ideas absolutely right, um, sort of such as, as his establishing sort of diplomatic relations between the US and communist China after decades of mutual hostility. So which view is accurate? Well, um, I think well, accuracy is, is in the eyes of the beholder, right? Well, let's, let's take a look at um, Kissinger's actual record in office. Um, he was president um, under Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford, because Nixon had to resign halfway through. Um, and he's had a like a really, really long post-government life as a foreign policy oracle, you know, a, a person whose advice has been sought out by so many American presidents and other governments. I mean, he was in, in government less than 10 years, during which he did... Um, and this is really one of the uh, his most most damning contributions to uh, the well, no, not the most. There were so many terrible things he did, but um, he did nothing as the Pakistani military, who were using U.S.-made tanks, crushed an extraordinary amount of Bengalis in 1971 during the independence war that would eventually create the independent state of Bangladesh. The numbers of dead during that um, that war, they, they counted the millions. Um, and, and State Department officials were warning that something akin to a genocide was unfolding. And yet, Kissinger advised President Nixon not to intervene. And two years later, Kissinger pushed Nixon to help overthrow a democratically elected socialist government of Salvador Allende in Chile. And in Argentina... A couple of years later, he secretly gave the green light to the military junta that was then in power to do whatever it needed to keep communist infiltrators at bay. And that led to what is largely known as the Dirty War, when about, you know, somewhere between 10 and 30,000 of political opponents who were mostly young students or labor leaders or were just opponents to the right-wing military government were killed. And these facts have, and these figures have been corroborated by the CIA itself. In a tragic turn of events, actually, the newly elected president of Argentina is now trying to convince Argentinians that the dirty war really wasn't that bad. It wasn't that many dead. 
but you know that's that is what happened and and Kissinger in a sense okayed these consequences because in the chess game that he was playing if the primary goal was to protect and to guarantee american interests then the costs were going to be whatever the costs were in that same chess game there's kissinger's legacy in southeast asia he was a key player in ending the american involvement in the vietnam war in 1973 for which he was awarded the nobel peace prize um even if his legacy in vietnam is is really mixed um he he stepped up the secret american bombings of vietnam neighbors in cambodia and laos which caused well, extraordinary misery but also possibly worse enabled the rise of the brutal khmer rouge and pol pot regime in cambodia to this day cambodia is still ruled by the party of hun sen an autocrat who was once part of the khmer rouge so um yeah that's that is definitely you know that is also part of his legacy and in the middle east Kissinger deserves some credit for his shuttle diplomacy to ease the hostilities between Egypt, Syria and Israel after the 1973 Kippur War. Um but that was that was really a a global effort, um a team effort, but um but the, I think it's it's when shuttle diplomacy the term was first used. Um and it it was called that because Kissinger was literally shuttling between um multiple middle eastern countries on short flights for months in order to get these agreements perhaps the the thing that he might be sort of apart from the kind of um, murderous genocidal um acquiescence kissinger was instrumental in getting president richard nixon to open the door to china and this is something that will always be a sort of an argument for his great statesmanship um The United States had not had any contact with China since the Korean War in 1950. I mean, no contact whatsoever. No diplomatic contact. Nothing. But Kissinger understood that the US needed to undercut the relations between the communist Chinese and the communist leaders of the Soviet Union. And so he needed to find a way in, and it all started with a ping-pong game at the 1971 World Table Tennis Championships in Nagoya, Japan, where an American and a Chinese player faced each other. And that was not even remotely an accident. It started the beginning of contact between the two nations. And in 1972, American relations with the Chinese were reestablished. And in many ways, this was Kissinger's greatest achievement as it helped China rise and become the US's largest trading partner. but it also really ended a major conflict of course who knows where it's going to go now but neither does he um well we know where he is anyway so um so what is it is it kissinger the war criminal or kissinger the great diplomat could it be both in some ways maybe kissinger is exactly what happens when you place certain goals above morality to kissinger totalitarianism was the enemy his task while he was in government was to prevent that right prevent totalitarianism and even if that meant making immoral murderous decisions i mean being clear-eyed about national interests is really the responsibility of any leader but for kissinger 
the ends almost always justified the means. And for the last 46 years, Kissinger had been writing books and advising governments. And the specter of his decisions while he was in office have really followed him for, you know, for five decades. Now, a few years ago, Kissinger uh, was interviewed and he was asked about his early life, about having to leave Germany at the age of 15 in 1938. Those dates matter. He was younger than Hedda. He was about as old as Robert, her son. And he left home, his town in southern Germany, around the same time that Hedda and Ernst and Robert and Wolfgang did. And for the same reason. So asked about how influential his life in Germany was on his the rest of his life, Kissinger had this to say. I'm quoting here. And I cannot replicate his accent. But it's amazing that after almost 80 years in the United States, he still spoke as if he'd recently left Germany. Um, all right, so this is the quote. I think it is impossible to live in a totalitarian state, especially as a member of a persecuted minority, without realizing that societies are subject to nearly irrevocable disasters, and that it cannot be taken for granted that things will always evolve in the most positive direction. When I came to this country, I was asked to do an essay in high school about what coming to America meant to me. I wrote that it wasn't easy to be a refugee with an accent in a new country, but that when I think that here I can cross the street with my head held high, it's a tremendously moving experience. Now, I admit, and this is personal, but any who, anyone who was in the war in Europe and saw how Americans were received at the end of the war must believe that this country has a very crucial role to give hope to the world, and that therefore it mustn't destroy itself by its endless self-torment. End of quote. Kissinger is both admired and reviled today. And he was both a refugee from Nazi Germany and in his admiration and for and commitment to his new home and his new nationality, he became someone whose decisions caused millions to become refugees themselves. There is no single story to tell about Kissinger. And perhaps that is why no headline about his passing was the same. I mean, the Onions headline, as per usual, hilarious, but also very true, was this. Iconic napalm rights advocate dead at 100. So that was in reference to Southeast Asia. And the Wall Street Journal was Kissinger, statesman and friend, dead at 100. So focusing on the positive. And Al Jazeera, I think, probably said it best. Henry Kissinger, Nobel Prize winning warmonger, has died at 100. I mean, that says it all. That is like one of the great six word biographies, if ever. So I end this class about an American diplomat's death after telling you over and over to look beyond the U.S. for your topics, but I hope you can understand why. Like many of us, this American wasn't born here, and he had traumatic experiences that framed his worldview. Unlike many of us, he had an outsized impact on the world. And really, that's what makes it worth considering, how this particular American influenced almost every corner of the planet during the barely 10 years he was in government. I, you know, I think if you know one thing at the end of this class and the sequence of lectures, it's that one perspective is not enough to understand an issue, a person, a history. So I want to thank you for letting me present you with this take on history, this quarter, perhaps my take on history. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart, for sharing your takes with me. This is the last lecture of History 20, Fall 2023, and I wish you all successful finals and a very, very good winter break. You all deserve it.